Y'all may think I'm nuts for what I'm going to say in the next two or three minutes, but I don't really care anymore, okay? Because I've seen things and I've experienced things when you surrender and when you listen. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm standing there and I'm going, God, I'm, I'm wasted, okay? I'm, I'm wasted. I, I've, I've, I've taught every night at a, at a high level of emotions and... and, and I've ministered to people for three or four hours at a time all day, every day. I've rode and I've rode and I've rode some more. <laughs> I've eaten bad food all the way from from Texas uh, home and uh, ate too much of it. And, and I just, I'm I'm tired. And and, and I, if, if I, I heard the Holy Spirit say, hey, I'm here beside you to give you what you need. And there was something in the midst of that last song, and he plugged me in and, and has given me some, some strength. This, this past week, I don't really know how to explain the kind of ministry that we were doing other than just to share a little bit. Yesterday, as I, as I came home, I plugged in my, my uh iTunes, and I thought, you know, I'm going to listen to the sermon from last week, and I, and I tremendously I appreciate Billy preaching while I was away, but man, God just used the word that he gave y'all last week to encourage me somewhere between Jackson and Meridian, where there isn't anything. I had the Chunky River Blues, and if you don't know what that is, if you've, you've never been down that highway, so... But anyway, and, and I just listened, I listened as, as, as he talked about, as Billy talked about God pursuing us, pursuing us, pursuing us, chasing after us. And I, I just, as I, I, as I listened to it, God just began to, it just began to fill me with, with, with just a realization of what had gone on this past week. Folks, we serve a God who loves People, and I don't mean just Christians, and I don't mean just Americans. I mean who loves people around the world enough that he would pluck up out of the country in Alabama and move that person all the way, 1,300 miles away, into a place where he can't speak the language. He doesn't have a clue what's going on. He's just trying not to get in the way, okay? And, and, and he would move him at the exact moment when he wants to do something to a particular person in a particular place. When we got to Pottis this year, it, it was usually when I go, it's a peaceful trip. Okay, it's just, I mean, my, my, I can kick my mind out of gear and just enjoy. This year, and, and some of you will understand what I'm talking about, and for some of you, this, you won't get this exactly, but the heavens were in an uproar, okay? The spiritual balance was out of balance. It was just, it was turmoil, okay? You could just sense it. We got into town, and everybody's dressed up, and, and we realized they're fixing to have a parade, so we got out of the way and got where we were going, but we found out later they were, they were moving one of the virgins from one place, and it's an icon, okay, one, from one place to another place. It happens, they, that virgin moves all over Mexico, so it was a big deal. Uh, it's draped, and it's, uh, it's covered in religiosity, but it's just outright paganism. Okay, it's witchcraft. That's all it is. So I'm just, I'm just be plain. We always go to the same place uh, to eat pizza. And everybody that's been knows exactly what I'm talking about. And, the, and, you know, you would think Mexico, pizza. But it's good. It's really good. And while we were in the pizza place, uh, the lady that was, that was waiting the tables, she began to talk to us. And... Uh, she had been in church, she was out of church, but she was really interested in what we were doing. And so she, she asked if she could come, and Pedro invited her, and she showed up. And uh, little did we know that uh, God was in that. All week long, just under attack. And, 
And when I say this, they were physical, but they weren't physical, okay? The person that, that went with me, uh, or the person that taught with me, she and I have ministered together at Crossgates numerous times. We worked together in the same uh, section of the, she was uh, one of my partners in, in the ministry there and is on staff there, does it almost every day. All of a sudden, we go in the pizza place, and she's hit with this headache. I mean, just, if you have migraines, you'll sort of understand. We got away from there, it stopped. It hit again, it stopped. It hit again, it stopped. Every time she'd get ready to teach, it would hit again. Uh, Wednesday morning, I began to get this, well, I didn't begin to get it, just all of a sudden in my stomach up in this area, a sick feeling like, uh uh-oh. Which that feeling, I don't want to get too graphic, okay, but it happens other places. It doesn't feel that way here. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm at this point, I've realized we're under attack. We're already praying. We're, we're doing warfare. And I just said, okay, if this is attack of the enemy, I command it to stop. Boom, it's gone. Two hours later, same attack. Over and over. Ten or twelve times. Thursday afternoon, we have no translator. And this young girl's supposed to come. She had, during the week, she, she made an appointment and said, hey, I want you, to, I want you guys, to, I want to talk to you. I want to be, I need help. And so we, uh, th- Wednesday night, we, we, we realized we were going to have a translator, okay? And for this kind of ministry, you have to have somebody that knows what they're doing, and you have to be able to understand what the person's saying, okay? And so Thursday afternoon, one of the pastor's wife drives up with her. It's like 4.30, and the, and the uh, training session starts at 6, okay? So here's what God's done, <laughs> okay? He's found a corner, and he's hemmed all of us up in it, okay? Until he's got us all up in there. What I didn't tell you is this little girl is a witch, okay? Her grandmother was a witch, very likely her mother was a witch. Her mother's a believer now. This little girl had met Jesus a few months earlier. The enemy had come to her and said, I want you to kill your baby. I want you to seal the deal. And she wouldn't do it. And so she's been in torment and all kinds of stuff. And so here we sit with the worst kind of situation I have to minister to, and none of us speak the language. And the person who speaks the language doesn't speak ours very well. And so all of a sudden, it's like a black sack over your head in the kind of ministry we're doing, okay? But you know what? The Holy Spirit is big enough. He speaks one language. We all understand it, okay? And in, a, over, in, a, in an hour and a half... God set that little girl free. Okay, Now he told us to do some things. I'm not going to share with you because I want to preach this morning and you, you, about half of you are going to click me right off. But I just learned to listen and to do it. Not ask any questions. Just do it. Every time we did what he said, he did what he promised he would do. And at about five till six, with about 37 people pushing on the doors to get in. God says, we're done here. And he moved. Folks, that's the kind of God we serve. That he would take some goofballs from Mississippi and a goofball from Alabama. He'd take us to Mexico, sit us at a table where none of us spoke the language. So he said, look what I'm going to do with you. All he's looking for is people that will say, oh God, oh God, help me God. Yes, God, I'll do that. That's, that's all he's looking for. He's not looking for experts. None of us were experts. We were just in the place he had taken us, helpless. But we knew where our help came from. Folks, God has given us the Holy Spirit. He's put himself in us so that he can do what he expects through us. We have the Spirit of Jesus. We're going to learn a little bit about that today. In us. Jesus is in us. Now we say that, and I've got Jesus in me. Well, how do you know if you don't ever let him out? Listen, this week, 
I don't have any more doubts at all. Jesus is big. Witchcraft doesn't scare him. Demonic spirits, big ones, they don't scare him. Parades, that doesn't scare him. He's got a mission, and he is working it out. And if we'll just join with him, okay? If we'll just join with him and let him do what he wants to do, he'll change your relationship with your neighbor. He'll change your relationship with your spouse. He'll change your relationship at at work. And he may use you to change a person's relationship with him. We saw a little girl go from torment who had been in bondage all her life. That's all she'd ever known. Free. Free. That was just one of the opportunities we got to see. We got to see God restore people. We got to see God set people free to do the ministry He called them to do. Now, here's the thing. I don't have to go to Mexico to do that, okay? I do that here already. That's what God's called me to. But He's called all of us to that. We're the ones who have the gospel, the good news. That's what liberates us. We've got to learn how to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. So what we're going to do in this series over the next few weeks, we're going to find out who He is, okay? If, I, if, if he's a stranger, you're, you're not going to let a stranger in your house, right? You're not going to let a stranger tell you what to do. You're just not going to do it. Listen, I wouldn't have done some of the things this week that, that I thought I heard God tell me to do if I didn't really trust the Holy Spirit. And God took me a couple of times to a place where it required more trust than I had. Okay? There wasn't any time to work up faith. It was either... Yes, Lord, or no, Lord. <laughs> that was the only option. So as we, as we begin to look at what Scripture teaches us about the Holy Spirit, we're going to learn. He has given us an invitation. And that's what I'm calling our, 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 our study today as we start. Our, our series is Come, Holy Spirit. And that's my prayer this morning. I, I just want to pray that. Come, Holy Spirit. And as we, as we get into this study, my prayer is that every person in this room and in our overflow will pray that prayer and begin to live that out. There are all kinds of invitations, okay? Birthday invitations, party invitations, dates. A date is an invitation. Weddings are invitations. Showers, teas, even jury duty is an invitation. And, you know, I could, I could go on and on and on. But invitations are things that are offered, and they have to be received and the, or they have to be rejected. One of my earliest memories of an invitation is, was to a birthday party. And it was, this particular birthday party was going to be held at the Popeye show. How many of you know who Popeye is? How many of you know who Cousin Cliff is? Oh, I'm among my people now. <laughs> I was worried, okay? Well, anyway, I, I, one of my cousins in, invited me to go to a birthday party, and we were going to Cousin Cliff's show. Now, I lived out in the sticks, okay? But, but we were going to Red Mountain, to WAPI, to the station. We were going to be on the Popeye show. And, and for a kid growing up where I grew up, it, it didn't get any better than that. I mean, that was the holy grail of birthday parties, if y'all understand. It was a big deal. Uh, To get into that audience meant that somebody had made reservations months in advance. They thought it out, and they had made reservations. And so uh, you were somebody if you received an invitation to a birthday party that was going to the Popeye show. And it was live TV. Okay, which means anything could happen. And if you ever watched the show, you probably saw most anything happen. But here's the thing. As kids, none of us thought about that. We didn't worry about that. We weren't worried that we're going to be caught in an embarrassing situation or doing something we weren't supposed to be doing. We just knew Cousin Cliff, Papa. And so there was no fear. There was no, uh, no anxiety. 
All of us, we just wanted to see Cousin Cliff do his magic tricks. We wanted him uh, to, to, to experience the food that they usually gave out, and we wanted to watch the, the, the Popeye show, the cartoons. And those of you that know who this is, Cousin Cliff was the local rock star for kids of afternoon TV. We get off the bus, we would race to the TV. First thing on, it's the Popeye show. Now, we live in a day when there are thousands of television stations. And I know for some of you younger people, this will wig you out. But when I was a kid, there were three. And one of them didn't come out in very clear out where I lived, except if you stood with the antenna in your hand and, and kind of did this with, with foil paper arts. You know what I'm talking about. So there were really just two stations. And so, I mean, in the afternoons, it was Cousin Clift or it was Bozo. Okay, and if you're a Bozo fan, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not making light of Bozo. Bozo was just a little bit scary to me, okay? <laughs> and more than that, he was a whole lot boring, okay? So I didn't watch the Bozo show. I watched Cousin Cliff. And we knew, we knew what to expect on the show because we, we watched it every afternoon, Monday through Friday. And so when I got that invitation, I don't ever remember being afraid or uncertain, or, or insecure, or, or, or worrying about what might happen. Instead, man, I just jumped on the chance. My mother RSVP'd for, for me, and we had the time of our life. I mean, we just had a glorious time. An invitation is a written or spoken request for somebody's presence or participation. That's what an invitation is. Somebody wanted us to come and spend time with them. And listen, every believer has been given an invitation. You've, God has given us an invitation through our relationship with Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity to sit with God, to sit with, with Jesus and to be a part of all the things that Jesus had. But we've also been given an invitation to host the presence of the Holy Spirit. We get to be the house that He comes to. And it's not just one of us, folks. It's any of us. We get to host the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, we get to participate with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit in bringing about the kingdom of God and, and its power to bear on any search, circumstance, any situation that we encounter. Listen, I, I've learned this week to trust God a little bit more. And that's pretty much the Christian walk. It's a, it's a series of moments where, do I trust you? When I got ready, when I knew God was calling me to plant this church, man, I got, wig, I got freaked out, okay? I'll just be honest with you. God, I don't, I'm not going to have a job. Nobody's going to pay me to do that. I got no members, no building. I got nothing but an idea and, and, a, and, a, and a burden and, and what I believe is a calling. And I can remember praying, God, how, am I going, how are we going to eat? I'm 55 years old. This is when guys start to set their focus on their 401 and, and, and finishing well, and, and they just kind of move into retirement. It's just a natural thing. All my preacher buddies is, hey, you're too old to plant a church. Let the young guys do that, okay? Young guys plant churches. Us old guys find a place to finish our ministry out and do well. And so I, I was panicked. I was afraid. And, and I would go from bold to fear, from bold to fear. And I, I just began to pray, God, help me. And here's what I heard God say. Do you trust me? Nothing else. Nothing. For weeks, nothing else. Now, when God asks you, do you trust me? There's only two answers. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Okay? So, you know, I'm, yes, Lord, I trust you. He didn't say nothing. I knew what that meant. Then do the last thing I told you to do. Here, here's a principle that will help you in your spiritual life. God will never give you anything new to do until you complete the last thing he gave you to do. Even if you don't like it, or you've stepped in it, messed it up, hidden it, Maybe nobody knows about it. He does. He will never give you anything new until you complete the last thing he gave you to do. When you get it completed, then it's time for something new. 
And so I said, okay, God, I trust you. And I watched God work. And at different junctures, there were days when it was a new level of of believing Him and a new level of trusting. Well, I had one of those this week. I think God would have set that little girl free if we just sat across from the table and prayed, okay? (laughs) We were there. We obeyed. He had all the pieces in, in place. He didn't need us. The Holy Spirit is the one that did the the work. And folks, we get to host the same Holy Spirit within us. The same person whose power raised Jesus from the dead. We get an invitation. When I got my invitation to go to the Popeye show, I knew what to expect. I was familiar with the show, so I wasn't fearful, I wasn't guarded, I wasn't hesitant. Man, I was gung-ho. I was wired. Okay, or to put it another way, I was juiced. I mean, it was like it was like this little boy's mama, my cousin's mama, she had to herd us into the car, and then she had to lock the door so we couldn't get out. And when we got there, it was like she had to stand like this and take one out at a time because, man, we were with Papa, Cousin Cloud. We couldn't wait to get there. Listen, when Jesus poured out his spirit in us, that's the kind of people he's looking for. But most of the time what he gets is a bunch of fearful people afraid of what might happen. That's why we're doing this study. Because if we're really gut level honest, most of us are fearful. And we're guarded. Or at best, we're hesitant when it comes to our invitation to know and experience the presence and the power and the participation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I just I want to say this, and, and I know you've heard this before, but you cannot live the Christian life apart from the Holy Spirit. No one can. That's why Jesus gave us His Spirit. So why are we afraid? What do we fear? Well, it's because we don't really know the Holy Spirit. Okay? We don't really understand the Holy Spirit very well. And listen, what we don't understand or what we don't know, what do we do? We avoid. We kind of, you're welcome, but please sit in the back. By the way, that's where the Holy Spirit sits in most churches. I've always wondered why there's such a crowd that sits at the back. And that's exactly where the Spirit of God always, that's where we want the Spirit of God to sit. Okay, I'm just carrying on now. But really, that's, that's where in most churches, that's, that's as far as most Christians want Him to participate in the service. Well, why? Well, we sing about Him, we talk about Him, but we really don't know Him and we don't really understand Him. And if we don't know him and we don't understand him, why in the world would we give him liberty to lead us through life? I mean, I, I, just, just to boil it right down, to get really gut level honest, most of us are just, daggum scared of him. I mean, we've heard stories, haven't we? We've seen things, haven't we? Come on. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. I heard what the Holy Spirit does. Mmm. I've seen some things. Mm. And because of that fear, and by the way, everything you see and everything you hear is not true. All right? The Holy Spirit is not the author of confusion. So if there's confusion in the situation, it's probably not the Holy Spirit. It's probably flesh sometimes. But having said that, the Holy Spirit will take you places farther than you've ever been. All right? I've been to some of them this week. Okay? But because of that fear, and because of not just that fear, let's just get, because of our fear, most of our lives and most of our churches are powerless And listen, our efforts, we can work as hard as we can 
to, to share the gospel, to get people to come to church, to get them uh, into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We can work as hard as we can and not one person will be saved apart from the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's almost like God doesn't need us. He really doesn't, but he has chosen to partner us with his spirit in bringing people to Jesus Christ. We are to be the conduits. We are to be the voice, the mouth, the hands, the feet. And if we'll just do our part, then he will do his part in changing the hearts. But because we're fearful, what happens is most of the time we're powerless and our efforts are usually fruitless. And listen, the Holy Spirit seems to be a mystery to most of us. Let's just be honest here. I can't see him. I'm not real sure on some of the passages in Scripture exactly what it means. Uh, Jesus said he comes like the wind. He's here and then he's gone. So he's mysterious. Amen? I mean, just come on. Y'all got to get, y'all got to help me a little bit this morning. I know I'm not talking to myself here. He's a little bit mysterious. He, he's not as, he is, but, but in a sense he's not. He's, God kind of spells himself out. We, we kind of, we're pretty sure of what God likes and what he doesn't like. We kind of know what Jesus likes and what he doesn't like. Well, listen to me. If you know what God likes and you know what Jesus likes, you know what the Holy Spirit likes, okay? And so it, it's not that hard, but he seems like a mystery to us because he's kind of shrouded in obscurity. He's kind of in the, in the shadows there. He's, he's kind of eerily unidentifiable. In other words, we can't just, this is the Spirit of God. And sometimes, let's just put it in terms we understand. He, he, there's some actions that are a little bizarre, and they seem a little schizophrenic sometimes. Amen? <laughs> I'm just being honest, okay? I'm not making light. I'm just being honest. And we're so afraid of these four little words. What he might, here it is, might make us do. See, our problem is really not fear, it's pride. Okay? It's really just pride. That wasn't in the notes, he just handed me that one. <laughs> but we're afraid of what he might make us do. So we're, we're unwilling to fully embrace him. And experience his personality. He's got a personality. And man, once you, you learn that it's the Spirit. And, and you see him work in situations that you don't have an answer for. Or circumstances. I mean, it may just be riding down the road. Okay? It, it doesn't have to be in Mexico. Dealing with a cult. It, it, can, be, it can be in the grocery store. And, and all of a sudden you see him move. And, and, and you begin to understand his personality and his presence and his power. The problem is we don't really know him, so we don't have a biblical understanding of who he is and what he does. And for most Christians, he's kind of the, third, uh, the, the forgotten third person of the Trinity. There's the Father, there's the Son, and there's the Holy Spirit. He, he's last in the line, so he gets the least amount of, 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 of notice. Yet, Folks, belief in and about the Holy Spirit has been central to the life and the doctrine of the church for 2,000 years. And the Holy Spirit has been working since before creation, and He's there in the first couple of verses in the very first book, and He is throughout the, the, the Scriptures until you come to Revelation 22. He's there giving an invitation so he, he, he's there, and he's ongoing, and he, and he is revealed as you go through scriptures. His, the revelation of who he is is revealed. And, and you begin to see uh, something that's, that's, that's not real clear become clearer and clearer and clearer. Folks, the Holy Spirit is real, and he is not an it. You will hear me say more about that as we... You know, we go on in this study, but he's not an it. He's not a mysterious power. He is the per he is a person, and he is God. And it's time we opened 
our invitation and we dug into what God has given us in the gift of the Holy Spirit and experienced not just the fullness of it, but just experienced that daily communion and partnership. He is he's the guidance system for the missile that we are, okay? He's the engine for the car that we are. Whatever, he's, he, he's what gives us life. We're going to see that next week. He is the life giver. Without the Holy Spirit, we don't have life physically or spiritually. But God wants us to experience him just like Jesus did. We've spent four months looking at how Jesus experienced the Holy Spirit. We need to learn how we're supposed to experience him. So what we're going to do is we're going to study over the next few weeks, what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. And, and I, don't, I don't intend to be offensive, but we're not going to study what a denomination teaches. Not this one or that one, okay? We're not going to study what a respected preacher or a teacher or a doctor of PH, I mean, a doctor of theology. So we're not going to study that. We're going to study the Scriptures. This is the Word of God, Okay? It's inspired, it's inerrant, it's infallible. If it's true, and I, I'm listen, I believe it's true. Okay, I believe that. I've staked my life on it. I believe it's true, then we can trust what we learn in this book. What I found is, is as, as Jesus reveals things, and as he, he gives us directions for life and what we're to do, he's very simple. That, I don't mean he's simplistic, I just mean he puts it in simple terms. I know, at least for me, why that's true. Because if it was very complex, I wouldn't get it. Okay? That's just human. But he makes it very simple. And he is very simple about what he says about the Holy Spirit. And if this is true, and I believe it is, then, then we can trust what we learn here. But it means we're going to have to be, we're going to be forced to wrestle with maybe some beliefs that we've held a long time and some inner fears and some hesitancy. And then we're going to have to just surrender to the truth. Okay? What I've learned in, in my journey through theology and through education and through what I was taught in Sunday school is most of what I taught is spot on. And I give, I just thank God for all the teachers, all the professors, all the Sunday school teachers, all the pastors that I've, I've sat under. But you know what? Not everything is correct. And listen, I've taught stuff. I can look back and I realize that wasn't right. We're, we're not infallible. But the Bible is. We're not inerrant, but the Bible is. And I dare say that a little bit every once in a while we teach is inspired. But the whole Bible is. And so if we'll just listen to what God says and we'll just surrender to that and we'll just trust Him, that's what it means. We're going to have to trust God with everything. It means we're going to have to get past our fear of the unknown and we're just going to have to embrace the revelation that God gives us. Now here's the deal. when Wherever fear resides, faith retreats. It leaves. Where, when fear ascends, it doesn't descend, it ascends, okay? Because it's, it is a, fear is a demonic thing. Scripture says that he has not given us a spirit of fear, all right? So it ascends rather than descends. But when it ascends, faith departs. When fear enters uh, our life or our churches, faith exits. Fear and faith cannot simultaneously exist in the same place at the same time. If there's fear in our heart, there's no faith in our house, okay? So fear and faith can't exist. Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. Now when God says it's impossible, it's impossible. He is the one for which nothing is impossible. The only thing God says is impossible is if you don't have any faith, you can't make Him happy. Let that, let that settle because it just got hold of me yesterday. God, if I say I, I'm unwilling to do this, then it means I don't believe you and I don't have faith and I'm not pleasing you. And I've just put myself in an impossible place. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he or she who comes to God must believe that He is. And that we could stop there because if you'll just believe God is, that He's the real deal, that He is who He says He is, you know, you'll do most anything. But God gives us a blessing on this. He says, and is a rewarder of those who seek Him. In other words, if I believe God is and I go after Him, God's going to reward it. We can't please God without faith. And, and if we fear the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, if we're scared to death of, or terrified of God, then you can rest assured we're not going to see many blessings as an individual or as a church. Therefore, we've got to know the Spirit of God if the image of Christ is going to be fully formed in us. If we hoped to ever walk in the, what I would call the exploits of the kingdom of God, if we hope to experience everything Jesus paid for on the cross. Jesus made a promise on the night before he died. Jesus is God, right? Okay, I'm going to ask that again. I'm not sure. There's a few believe it. Jesus is God. Okay? Every promise God makes, he keeps. If Jesus is God, then it means when he makes a promise, it will be kept. Okay? You know why he keeps every promise that he makes? Because if he never, if he, if he fails to fulfill a promise, he ceases to be God. Okay? He's no longer omnipotent. He's no longer omniscient. So he, he, he is bound to the promises he makes. And Jesus makes a promise. And we find it in John chapter 14. It's found in verse 16. And we're going to read verse 16 and 17. The whole passage is, is about this, but I just want to zero in here. John 14, 16, and 17. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. There are three words there that are critical. Another, because when we think of another, we think of another person. That's it. In Greek, there are two words for another. This particular word that he uses is, means this, another of the same kind. In other words, I'm going to give you a carbon copy of Jesus. So he says, another helper. We're going to look in just a minute at what helper means. The other word is forever. For anybody in this house that struggles with salvation, that has been taught somewhere along the way that you can lose your salvation, there is a verse to drive into your forehead and into your heart. If you have the Holy Spirit, you are a believer. And he just says, Jesus does, that he will be with you forever. How long is forever? Forever. So I'll ask the Father... And whatever Jesus asks, the Father will do. He said, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper that you may be with Him, that He may be with you forever. And then He tells us who that's going to be. That will be the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it doesn't see Him or know Him, but you know Him because He abides with you. And listen to this. There's a promise. And will be in you. Read Scripture carefully. You say, well, I, I, I don't know the Greek. I don't know the Hebrew. You don't need the Hebrew and the Greek. That's pretty good translation. He won't just be with you. He'll be in you. Jesus is saying, I'm going to ask the Father to give you somebody just like me. Just like me. Someone who will come alongside of you and will help you with everything that you need help in. And you're going to know him. You're not going to wander around and, and wonder if this is God. That's what most of us do. Let's be, be real, real honest. In our daily Christian walk, we're going, is that God? Did I really hear God there? Man, this week I learned I heard God. And I don't have it a split second. It's God or not. It's God. I'm going with it. And you know what? If, if I mess up, God will say, Nelson, that wasn't me. Do this. See, I, I just trust him that much. 
Everything's not, he didn't bring us all down there for me to say the wrong thing and mess everything up. I might say the wrong thing a hundred times. He's not going to let it mess up that situation because it's not me, it's God that really does the work. And so you'll know him. You'll know him because you'll be, you'll be characterized by the truth in what he says. Many of you have asked me this, and, 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 and I'm not in any way making light of this question because it's a great question, but how do I know it's God? How do I know it's God that's speaking to me? It's truth, okay? It's truth. You, you'll understand it because it's truth. Not under, I'm not sure, but we're, we're not going to worry about it. it. It just happens. It ain't my phone because it's turned off. I know that. I'm not going to worry about it. So you'll know him because he'll be characterized by truth in his words, not just in his words, but in his actions, what he does and what he says. And he won't just be there with you, okay? He won't just be standing by your side. He won't spend time with you at home, okay? He will be in you. You will become His home. Okay? When we get in trouble, we don't have to SOS the Holy Spirit. He's in trouble with you. Okay? When you're in the wrong place doing the wrong thing, and you realize that, guess what? You don't have to, you don't have to text Him and say, hey, come get me. He's already there. And if you learn to listen, which I'm learning, He'll warn you ahead of time. Okay? So Jesus is giving us, in this passage, He's giving us an invitation to host the Holy Spirit so that we might experience the same Jesus in the same way that the disciples experienced in the New Testament. What we read about, God wants us to experience just like they did, so He gave us the Spirit of Jesus. He put invisible Jesus in us. Okay? Because visible Jesus is sitting on the throne praying right now so that everything will go well in what we're doing. We have invisible Jesus in us. Now, I'm not, I'm not being humorous here. I'm being serious. Okay? And I'm going to show you that in just a minute. But he's given us an invitation to host him and to experience him and to walk with him. And that's an awesome invitation. That's an awesome opportunity. He's, he, he, Jesus is not saying that this might happen. He's saying that it will happen. And we know it did on the day of Pentecost. I mean, he came like a rushing wind. He made it. There, there was a show, okay? Because he didn't want anybody to wonder what this was. And when Peter goes out to preach later, Peter knows what it was, and he quotes a passage out of Joel chapter 2 that, that, hey, this passage has been fulfilled. We've experienced the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit. And so what Jesus is, is saying is that the Father's going to give you another helper. And when we think about that word, that word helper, most of us, we, we go with the English kind of thing where he'll come along beside us and hobble along and help us hobble along. But that's not what the word parakletos or, or paraclete means. It, it's got several meanings. It, it's a comforter, okay? And by a comforter, not somebody to sit by you when you're having a pity party and going, I know, I know it's tough being a Christian. God knows it's tough. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? A comforter, scripturally speaking, is somebody who will be your strength. Someone uh, who will be with you at all times in every situation and in every way. He's not just a comforter, okay? He's not just going to be our strength. He's going to be our advocate. You ever needed a lawyer? You ever been in a situation, maybe in, in business or after an accident or where you needed a, an attorney? Okay, the Holy Spirit's going to be your eternity. Eternity. Eternity, not eternity. My head is, I'm trying to, 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 to move from Spanish to, all I heard was Spanish to English, and you have an I, and it's an E in Spanish, and, and a whole bunch of things, okay? So there's all kind of stuff going on in my head, but an advocate is an attorney. You know why we need a, an advocate? Because we got a district attorney who argues against us at every turn 
of, of the road. He is condemning. He's pointing. He is the, he is the condemner. And he stands right. God, they are sinners. They've done this. They've done this. That, look what he thought. Look what she did. Look what he said. Look what that happened. It's just constant. So we have an advocate. Somebody whose very presence in us means, listen to me, that we belong to God. Now, he's not leaving. He's going to be there forever. So if he's going to be there forever, how long do you belong to God? End of case with you can lose your salvation. Okay? Done. There's you an argument you can use the next time somebody starts that gobbledygook. Okay? If that offends you, I'm sorry. But this, this Bible teaches us from cover to cover that what God starts, he completes. Okay? I got to get off that little path. Okay? But anyway, an advocate is somebody whose very presence shows you that you belong to God and you can't be removed and who has the ability to stand and to plead our case and to fight for us. Listen, all we have to do is stand up. God fights for us through His Holy Spirit. And He's also, here's the third meaning of the paraclete. paraclete. He's a comfort, He's an advocate, but He's also an intercessor. An intercessor, somebody who intercedes for us, who knows the mind of God and prays the will of God. And we're going to talk about each of these some more later on. But the Holy Spirit is the one who groans within us with words we don't understand. It's the heart of God groaning, okay? And so He he intercedes for us. And Jesus is saying... When he begins, he says, listen, you know what? The world can't receive him. Because the world doesn't see him or doesn't know him. There's a lot there. But just to kind of boil it down, Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit won't operate on the world's wavelength. Okay? So the world won't recognize him. The world won't understand why people do the things that they do. Or that when they, or, or when they, they say the things that they say. They won't understand why you say, hey, I'm, I'm listening to God and God's told me to do this. They'll just look at you like they got a big old, like you got a big old eye right here in the middle of your head. Okay? I know the look. And the reason they'll do that is because it is so countercultural, it is so revolutionary, so out of the world's ordinary. It goes against the flow, okay? That little part in me that wants to protect Nelson sitting across that table on Thursday afternoon was basically going, run, 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 <laughs> run. You don't want none of this. This is not something you can deal with. Run. You don't understand anything's being said. You can't trust this person here because they don't understand what's being said either. And they're doing their best. Run. Okay? That part, that, that part of our nature doesn't understand the Holy Spirit. It goes, he goes against the flow. He goes against the crowd. Sometimes he, he goes what, against what is considered mainstream. Okay? What's taught by religion. Sometimes he goes against those things. But Scripture calls him the Spirit of Truth. And so, and that's fine. I, I mean, to me, that's the, the voice of life. Okay? I, that doesn't bother me. Y'all don't worry about that. That may be the voice of God right now telling me to move on, okay? But listen, you can know His voice. You can. You can know His desires. You can know His direction. But the world will think you're nuts. Hey, you know what? They thought the disciples were drunk when the Spirit of God came. And you know what? The world will hate you because you listen to the Holy Spirit. You know why? The Spirit of God in you uses you to bring conviction in their life. They know there's a God. There's no no doubt. I don't care what anybody says. They know there's a God. And the Holy Spirit brings conviction. And what happens is through that conviction, He condemns their behavior, 
their beliefs, and their selfish desires. So why in the world should we or would we ever fear the Holy Spirit? Why? Why can't we just pray with a little faith and a little fervor and a little anticipation, a little confidence, and a little passion, a little power? Man, I, I, I'm, I'm at this place. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. I prayed that I don't know how many times this week. Come. Just come. I, I got to have you come. That is an, we have an awesome invitation to Je- from Jesus who says, you know what, I'll give him to you. You know what? We can't live the Christian life. That is the life Christ set apart for us to live apart from the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. You can try, but it's impossible. And yet Jesus has given us His Spirit. I want you to write these passages down, okay? Because sometimes people, they get confused when you talk about the Trinity, and it's okay, I get confused about it. All right? So it's it's Okay. I don't quite understand it either. But in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Jesus in Acts chapter 6, verse 7. He's called the Spirit of Christ in Romans chapter 8, verse 9. He's called the Spirit of the Son in Galatians 4, 6. And He is called the Spirit of Jesus Christ in Philippians 1, 19. When Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper, in John 14, 16, what He's saying is, I'm going to give you my Spirit. I'm going to give you me. I'm going to empower you like I am empowered. But for us to experience that, folks, we have to embrace it. We have to experience it, and then we have to be willing to express that power. Okay? We can't just walk around with with Him you know, and hold on to Him like we're afraid we're going to lose Him. Okay? We're not. The more you give away, it just seems like the more there is. Okay? It's kind of like, like the story of Elijah. Uh, as long as they pour out those jars, stuff starts coming. Or, or it keeps coming. As long as you let the Holy Spirit flow out of you, there's more and more and more. We can't be afraid of Him. We can't be shameful or fearful or insecure we can't be uncertain of what he's going to do otherwise what happens is we're afraid to do what he tells us to do and we're doomed for failure listen the time has come for the body of christ to be energized by the spirit of christ i've lived long enough to know that programs and personalities and preachers won't ever lift the church to the level Jesus intends for her to walk, okay? And listen to me, there's nothing wrong with good programs, okay? And there's nothing wrong with having uh, vivacious, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of a word here, charismatic personalities. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with preachers for the most part, okay? But by themselves, with those gifts, it's not enough. It's just not enough. Jesus intended that we have that kind of power when, through the presence and the power of His Holy Spirit. We can talk about Jesus, but if we refuse to accept or depend on His Spirit, our words and our lives are powerless. And nothing gets accomplished in the kingdom of God. I want you, I want you to just... God is logical, okay? He really is logical. I want you to think about this. If you or I could do what Jesus has called us to do right now, right here in our own strength. Okay, what do you think about that? Why would Jesus have to die for us? There's no reason. I could have fixed it myself. But if Jesus had to die for it, I can't fix it myself. If you could do what he's calling you to do, if you could get enough education and you could learn enough prayers and, and you could experience enough ministry and you could do the things He's called you to do right now in your own strength, you wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. But the problem is we can't. So whether we believe it or not, 
We can't do anything apart from the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul is, is saying in a very positive way in Philippians chapter 4.13. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. We see that on t-shirts. We see it on cups. You can get it on little flags, banners, posters, mouse pads, screens. I mean, you can, get, you can get that everywhere. The only problem is none of us live that way. What he's saying is you can do all things through the Holy Spirit who strengthens you. I'm going to close. And by, I really mean that, okay? I'm not just going to bounce the wheels and take back off. I really mean that. <laughs> we have an invitation to host the Spirit of the living God. And we have an opportunity to invite him into every situation and into every circumstance. But if we live in fear and we live in uncertainty and we live in ignorance, we will never experience that promise. Okay? Ignorance is not stupidity. Ignorance is being unlearned, not having learned what is available for me to learn. Insecurity is, is basically fear. But listen to me. Jesus has sent him not to just be with us, not just to tag along, not just to be a, a part of with the boys. He's, he's sent him to live in us. You know, I, we've been looking at, at vehicles for a while because we're, we're, we, we drive them to the wheels fall off, okay? And we're getting close. So we start out early looking. You know what? You can stand out there and you can enjoy it and dream about what it's like. But until you slide in in that leather seat, put that seat belt on, crank that baby up and take it out for a spin, you don't know what it's like. Some of you need to open the door and just allow the Holy Spirit to slide in there. He just wants to sit down. He wants to put the seat belt on. And you probably should too. He wants to put the seatbelt on. He wants to crank you up and let the power flow. Folks, he is the engine to the car, okay? Most of us are standing looking at what God has promised us, but afraid to open the door and slide in. God has given us an invitation. Man, what an invitation. Folks, our invitation and response should be, here's how we RSV, okay? P. Okay, RSVP. We just say, come, Holy Spirit. We just invite Him to come. Over the next few weeks, I don't know how long we'll be here because i got to be honest with you, the more I study, the more I realize how much the Holy Spirit does. You can't, you can't live the Christian life without Him. But as we walk through it, we're going to see how intricate his ministry is. Y'all are breathing today because you're breathing his air. I mean that. He blew it into you. And when he quits blowing it into you, that, that shell of, of, of soil will cease to live. We're going to learn how, how critical he is to human life, but also to spiritual life. We're going to learn the power that, that he uses. We're going to learn uh, how critical he is that we, so that we can be saved. Okay? I mean, without him, you don't get saved. I don't care what you believe, what you say, what you do. You don't get saved without the Holy Spirit. That's the way God designed it. On and on and I could go. But here's what I want to invite you to do. We're going to pray. Our worship team's going to come. But here's what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that God would give every one of us the courage to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And just live in Him. I mean, He lives in you, but you know what? When... When you've got an honored guest, sometimes you need to invite them. And you need to give them the keys to the house. You need to take the locks off all the rooms so he can wander around wherever he wants to go. He can go in your bathroom. 
You go in your bedroom and go in the den. He's not, he's not sequestered in one little tiny space over here on the side. That, that's my, my prayer for today is that we would begin to do that. And then as we, as we learn about him, as we see what he does and how he works through us and, and how gentle he does it, what I'm hoping is that there would be a tipping point in this church when we truly do become spirit-filled, where we truly do become spirit-led, where we truly do begin to, to walk in the spirit instead of use those words and those terms so flippantly. I want us to be a spirit church, okay? We're, we're, we're going to be a word church. We're going to be a spirit church. They're, they're, they're meant to, to go together, okay? By the way, he's the one that gives us the word. He breathed it, okay? We'll learn all that stuff. I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to... For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.